the title of this message is, Will You Help Us Become a Missional Church? Well, uh, it was about this same time, uh, 13 years ago, we started our house church. And this fall, well, actually this August, will be the 11th anniversary of our incorporation as a legal entity, as a nonprofit organization. But we existed on a loose, uh, non-incorporate basis for three years with uh, three families, uh, Chi and Sue's family and Daniel, Tai and his family and Luan and I, a small group of three and there was Larry Tamura were the ones that were regulars at that time. And we started off with only about uh, five people, basically five, six, uh, seven people. And we grew over the years till at one time we had, we averaged one year, we averaged 28 in attendance. But this pandemic, I have to be honest, this pandemic has been terrible. It has struck us hard. People, uh, it's like someone struck a lightning on the ground and all the sheep scattered. And people moved out of the area and uh, some we lost contact with. But we want, from the very beginning, the purpose of the house church was not to become a worshiping society. It was to be a mission-minded church, which means the intent was not that we grow large in numbers, but that we grow large in what we do for the Lord. We know there are many churches that are considered mission-minded, which means that they, they donate money to help missionary causes and leper colonies and English institutes in foreign countries and send you know people to teach them how to uh, dig wells and do many other good works. And we know that. But there's a new term that's becoming in vogue, and it's the word missional. What does it mean to be a missional church as opposed to being a mission-minded church? Okay. Well, the Greek word from mission, mission comes from Latin word missio, which comes from the Greek word apostello, which means sent. A missional church knows that we're called out of the world to worship God so that we can be sent to invite others. It was always our intent originally that we would be able to encourage other people. We schedule always on Saturday. I know Saturday is not convenient for a lot of people, but we had friends and acquaintances that worship at their home church on Sunday, and we didn't want to compete with them. We were not trying to take people from their home church. We want to respect that. But we wanted to be able to have an, an option for people to want to hear and sing and praise maybe and see Asian faces that perhaps they're not accustomed to at their home church. But the churches nowadays, sometimes they spend a lot of emphasis on caring for one another, members of their own. Well, that's good and that's important, but uh, it's, it should be more than a self-service psychotherapy for the soul. The church should not be simply to hear sermons that tell us how to get our act together. But it's to be sent out to the world. The missional church reads the Bible as a missionary document because the Bible tells us that the Father sends the Son, the Father and Son sends the Spirit, 
the Father, Son, and the Spirit send the church into the world. And we know this is so here. Uh, Julie, uh, Julian, would you like to read that for us in John three sixteen? For God so loved the world. Yes, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him would not be lost but have eternal life. Amen. Thank you very much for Julie. Uh-huh. So mission is from God. Mission is uh, the way God wants to reach out to people, especially in uh, faraway places or places where um, it's difficult to get the gospel to. Uh, it's to go out to the world and proclaim that this world is not our own. This is not our true home, but that this world is God's world and he wants us to be holy, truthful, and righteous. The missional church understand that we are sent in like lambs among wolves. We are sent into a world that is resistant to the gospel. We are sent out to the world that is pagan and increasingly secular who disdains anything of religious, thinking that it's just like superstition or silly. But the, the missional church is what we hope to be. We, we do not hate the world. We don't oppose the world. We don't despise the world. But what we seek to do is to understand the world so that we can live in contrast to the values of the world, to show forth the value of God. So we must live as a sign. So when people see us, they could get a taste of what it would be like when Jesus returns. So we must show forth that character of God, of Jesus. We must be a people that's loving, forgiving, kind, and helpful, benevolent to others. If we're not doing those kind of things, we cannot represent Jesus well. In the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 47, Anthony, could you read that for us? This is what the Lord told us to do. I've made you a light for the other nations to show people all over the world the way to be saved. So you see, it's not just to the Jewish people, but to people all over the world how to be saved. And we have to be a light to enlighten darkness as it is here. So... What is it that transformed Christianity from being a persecuted minority in the first 300 years of the church? As you see, then they were thrown in the sea to the Colosseum. They were burnt. They were uh, crucified. They were fed to the lions. And the people would gather together and they would pray and then they'll be devoured. But their faith stays strong. And yet today, that persecuted minority, which Rome had uh, swore they would stamp out, wipe off the face of the earth, is now the largest religion in the world. What is the character of this that has brought an appeal to people? I can tell you, infighting and church politics is not what attracts people. It's caring showing love for the people who are disenfranchised, showing help for people who are poor, for the leopards and for people that are suffering in the world to show them a better way. 
in Matthew 24, the Bible warns us that that they will encounter, as we go into the world, many disappointment. We've also encountered disappointment in the house church when some people we know have left or stopped coming and uh, we wish they would be here. Matthew 24, during that time, many believers will lose their faith. They will turn against each other and hate each other. Many false prophets will come and cause many people to believe things that are wrong. There will be so much more evil in the world that the love of most believers will grow cold. There are people who go to church and they say they love God, but they're kind of cold. That's not the way God wants us to be. But the one who remains faithful to the end will be saved. And the good news I've shared about God's kingdom will be told throughout the world. It will be spread to every nation. Then the end will come. Um, uh, Lillian, would you like to read that for us? Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. So go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy, Ghost, Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have told you to do. You can be sure that I will be with you always. I will continue with you until the end of time. All right. This is the Great Commission where Jesus told his followers to go forth and to proclaim the good news here. And we're to baptize. We teach that baptism. And we teach people to obey what's found, taught in the Bible here. So that's what we teach in the Church of Christ. And as much as possible, humanly possible, we want to be that church in the New Testament. To speak where the Bible speaks, to be silent where the Bible is silent. We try to call Bible things by Bible names. We just try to be a simple church. Nothing fancy, just a simple Bible church. But in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 to 8, we know that there's a great task before us. The apostles were all together. They asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time for you to give the people of Israel their kingdom again? He's talking about the end of the world. Jesus said to them, the Father is the only one who has authority to decide dates and times. They're not for you to know. So to worry about when Christ is coming back, when the end of the world will come, it states it, it's not for us to know. That's not good information for us. It will pervert our spirit if we were to know the exact date and time. Because then we're going to change and act differently. But the Holy Spirit will come on you and give you power. You'll be my witnesses, he told uh, see the disciples. You'll tell people everywhere about me, in Jerusalem, in the rest of Judea, and, somewhere, and in every part of the world. And before you know it, they spread throughout the Roman Empire, and they went into India, and they spread out and taught many people here. Uh, see, uh, see, John, could you read that for us? Okay, I got it. Uh, Rome. Romans 10, 11 to 13. Uh, yes, the scriptures say, anyone who trusts in him will never be disappointed. It says this because there is no difference between those who are Jews and those who are not. The same Lord is the Lord of all people, and he richly blesses everyone who looks to him for help. Yes, everyone who trusts in the Lord will be saved. Now, notice what it said. It did not say who believes trust 
You can believe in God, but not trust in him, not depend on him. Uh, and you must be one who seeks him, to look to him. Sometimes when we're in trouble, the last person we'll turn to is the God. We'll look to everyone else. We'll look to people, sometimes people who know less than us, to try to help bail us out of problems we got ourselves into. And we don't care to stop and ask people in the church or to pray to God, what should I do? We must learn to trust in him and not in ourselves here. There are many works. I wanted to let you know what our little house church has done. Well, some of you may or may not recall or know that we have on several occasions sent money or materials to Daniel Etami Frerat uh, in Strasbourg, France. Uh, he's a missionary from Belgium, speaks German and French, who's established a house church in Strasbourg and the work is thriving in his house church there. Um, they apply for a permit for a church building, but the city council of Strasbourg <laughs> is all Catholic and they would not approve of it. So it's okay, what's wrong with a house church after all? That's what we're doing right now. So he's doing a good work. And right now, the main thing is that he's teaching atheists, agnostics, and he had a lot of Muslims who are refugees coming into France who are asking him, what about this Jesus? And uh, I've heard a wonderful story. And Matthias Uteris Walser, uh, Germans preaching in Lucerne, Switzerland. We have sent uh, funds and all. And most importantly, which I'm gonna talk more in the second half of the talk, Minho Van in Saigon, Vietnam. So even though we're not growing in number, we're trying to do good work. And we're not just trying to look after our own. We're helping people in France, we're helping people in Switzerland and in Vietnam. That is what a missional church is. We're not just looking after our own kind for lack of a better term, okay? And also, uh, I have an aim to encourage people especially some of you who are doctors, hint, hint, uh, and others uh, this year that we might send some uh, help to Partners in Progress. Here is the ship of life. You see the word ship of life and you see in Cambodian here, the word ship of life and in France, in French this is where the ship of life. Okay. And hopefully you help out the Christian Medical Dental Society. Let me tell you about this boat here. Uh, they've had hard times. Uh, the Ship of Life is operated by see, the, the Churches of Christ. And they send medical mission. You don't have to be a member of the Church of Christ to participate. As long as you're willing to serve and you see you're endorsed by some member of the Church of Christ, that you're not a scoundrel or something like that, that's going to get them in trouble in a foreign country. But they've been... Uh, they have preached over the 2 million patients they've treated. They have a full medical clinic on the boat. They travel the Mekong uh, River, serving people in the, on the Mekong River in Thailand, Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam. And see, but this past July, last July, when you're gonna have the election, 
uh, the United States and the European Union and other Western countries cut off aid to their country because the communist government uh, abolished the opposition party. Oh, I, I put parry. I meant party. Uh, to assure the re-election. And of course, the communists, they, they won the uh, election because there was no opposition. Basically, it's a one-party system in Cambodia. But to teach the Westerners a lesson to punish us, they said all those countries that uh, cut off AIDS, we told them to order them out of the country or to curtail the activities. But because partners and progress have always been non-political, they stayed out of politics, which is one of the key problems. If you do volunteer work, uh, missionary work, you could spend one month on this boat for 2,000 US dollars. Food, board, everything. So if any of your medical doctors go, we the house church can help send you there because we can afford sending you for $2,000. We have it in our budget. But they have allowed the ship to stay, but it has to be docked, as it is here. And right now, health official and village chief are trying to get the government to allow them to operate again, saying that many of the health care that villagers received uh, is not possible if the ship of life was moored and docked away. But in the meantime, they continue a reading club, nutritional feeding, English Bible studies, mother-infant packets, water purification they're giving. And they opened a new training center in Badambang, Cambodia. This is one of the principles of a missional church. We must grow. You must have aimed to grow. If we cannot grow numerical, let's grow in spirit and let's grow in what we do and accomplish for good. We must teach people to love doing good works, conduct leadership training, and so forth. And this is what Partners in Progress has done. They started a brand new bakery school. A bakery. So they're teaching Cambodians how to bake pastries, cupcakes, cakes, cookies, uh, <coughs> many. And you see some of the young Cambodians that learning a trade. As a, and they have a shop outside where the stuff that they make will be sold. And look above is a lesson. One of the requirements is that they must learn how to teach others and learn how to conduct lessons to teach others. Notice here, teach character and respect, uh, how to emotionally connect with the audience, and how to be able to teach uh, the truth of what's in the Bible here. So this is one of the requirements. And right now they have 10 students learning how to be bakers. From watching all those bakery shops in, in Hallmark, <laughs> there are a lot of love stories about uh, bakery. It's just, oh, I love pastries. It makes my mouth water just to see the pastries here. And here is on you see here is the medical staff you see doctors nurses uh, physicians and here is the lead physician here telling the staff and the workers and translator uh, during their break what their strategy and plan for the day and here you, here's two of the uh, medical staff some are indigenous uh, they are from see the Cambodian side as well and some are from other countries serving on this boat. And here on the boat, you see uh, people in Cambodia waiting to be seen. 
So we need to plan. We need to teach people. Use any means possible. Yes, even internet technology, which I'm, I'm a little behind on. And here you have the Cambodian minister. While the people are on the boat, he's pulling out the Cambodian scriptures and teaching the people while they're waiting and giving them a little pamphlet and teaching them what does the Bible have to say. And here the people lined up waiting their turn to be seen by the doctor or the nursing practitioner or the physician assistant. And here the children are given reading books and, and picture books so that they will be entertained as well. So we need to follow up. It's not enough just to take care of people, uh, feed their bellies and take care of their wounds and illnesses, but to follow up, are you okay? Not just physically, but how are you doing emotionally? How are you doing socially? How are you doing with your, doing with your, your son and daughters or your mom and dads? How are you getting along with your fellow man, your neighbors and your boss? To teach them, and how are you coming along spiritually as well? To water, to help that plant, the seed that grows. And here, children on the boat are given toiletries and given, see, toothbrush that they are just happy to take home. You see their smiling faces. And you see the man in the back just happy with them as well. And here, they show that local people bake for them. Here you see, here's the medical staff. Here's the lead physician on this particular trip. And they have doctors who sign up uh, for two weeks, for three weeks, for one month time. And uh, throughout the world, they come and they serve uh, on the ship of life here. And what are some other works that we have done here at the House Church? Well, um, I've collaborated with uh, uh, Vern Bissell, a PhD in hydraulic engineering who graduated from Pepperdine, who had uh, a Chinese church translate this three volume set here about scientific evidence supporting the Genesis account, that Genesis is trustworthy and believable. And we've donated 60, and good news, just this week, just yesterday, I received in the news that the shipment arrived in the port of Long Beach. They had it printed in Thailand because you can get a book that's like $20 printed like for $5. Uh, it costs $20 to print in America. They could print it for $5 or less in Thailand. And we've uh, donated 60 copies pledged to Orange County Christian School. We placed 60 copies to San Gabriel Christian School. I've met with their uh, Bible teacher there and to Maranatha High School as well. And one set to Pepperdine, to South Pasadena Christian Church and the Bowen Park Church of Christ. So we're trying to spread the good news and help other people. So we're paying for these copies in the house church. And just... Oh my, oh my, just this week, all this wonderful good news. Um, we've been worried about the Church of Christ in Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City. And we wanted to send money, but we don't know who their sponsoring church is. 
because we hear horror story, you send money to foreign countries and sometimes uh, the money gets pocketed or something. So we asked Brother C. Min Ho Van, uh, who's the sponsoring church? And he gave us his name and I made contact with him. And it's Dr. Jeremy Barrier, who's a professor of Bible at Heritage Christian University. He has his bachelor's degree, magna cum laude, in mathematics and natural science. Wow. He went on, got his Master of Divinity, and went on and got his doctorate, and now is a professor at the Church of Christ University in uh, Florence, Alabama. And there's a campus right there, here. Um, and Dr. C. Barrier said that, hey, he would love to give a Zoom lesson for us in the future. So yay, you might have the chance to hear him. And guess what? He said he might visit us sometime because his son enrolled at, is a sophomore at Pepperdine University. Yay. So he said he's going to come visit. He says he comes out and visit uh, his son a couple of times. And he visits Vietnam two to three times every year for the last three years. He checks up on the work in Vietnam. And he said the work in Vietnam is exploding. I am so excited to hear this. And he's visited these other countries as well. And this is some things he showed. The church in Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, as you know, it's just a simple worship. It's a house church. Simple worship. Nothing elaborate, nothing fancy, plastic chairs. And songs, uh, sheets, made photocopy. And you see in the children class in the other room, they're watching a, uh, a Bible story in cartoons. So they're learning about the Bible in Vietnamese language, watching it there, here. And here they're singing. No song books, just photocopy song sheets. You know, that's okay. You don't need to have a song book. Um, if, if all you have is photocopies, praise God anyway. Let's just sing praise to the Lord. And look at how they baptize. They have, uh, Brother C. Minho Van has traveled. He mentioned he went to Kamran Bay. He went to Da Nang. He went to Dalat. He went to, of course, Ho Chi Minh City. And he mentions other places that uh, I'm not familiar with. Luan is sure he will know those places. And he'll bring this pearl baptistry. You see him baptizing this young man and this other young man in different uh, parts of the country, teaching them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here he baptized a, a woman on a rooftop and another lady. And look at this lady here. All they could find is a tub. She realized she had to be baptized and immersed, but all they could find was this barrel. And she said she wants to be baptized. And here she is baptized in this barrel of water. Wow, isn't that, you know, uh, it's probably not even uh, heated. You know, we worry about creature comfort, but when you want to serve the Lord, you're not going to wait to be baptized. You say, I want to be baptized. I want to be a child of God. Amen to that here. And here is he, they're serving the, the Lord's Supper here. 
uh, and you see a, apparently I don't know I mean, I don't know if he's a military man or a policeman you see him he he has a blue uniform with stripes on his shoulder here so uh, I don't know what he is but he is a member of the church uh, and they're serving communion as the way the Lord has said to do every Lord's Day using unleavened bread and fruit of the vine and to go and teach others they would start they started uh they just acquire a new church building in another part of ho chi minh city and Luan, i don't know if this is frenchy or not there's a a, a black uh, uh, say australian who is from australia who could speak fluent uh, vietnamese who's there to work as a missionary to work with the other Church of Christ in Ho Chi Minh City. That's and not here, Frenchy. That's not Frenchy because I know Frenchy is. Uh, Frenchy is the Vietnamese. So, no. Wait, then who's the, the fellow who, who's black? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody. Okay. Okay. Because I remember when I went to Vietnam, I, I met the, uh, the black fellow from uh, Australia. And I thought he was Frenchy. Okay, maybe not. But anyway. Here he's driving, and here's a group of students who are so happy that they completed a Bible correspondence course. So, you know, that's one way to reach out to people, to study systematically the Bible. Because when you take a correspondence course, it's, it's done not in haphazard fashion, but systematic. And here the people are just so happy that they've completed it here. In Romans chapter 10, verse 14 to 17, uh, see, uh, David, would you like to read that for us? But before people can pray to the Lord for help, they must believe in him. And before they can believe in the Lord, they must hear about him. About him. And for anyone to hear about the Lord, someone must tell him. And before anyone can go and tell them, they must be sent. As the scriptures say, how wonderful it is to see someone coming to tell good news. But not all the people accepted that good news. Isaiah said, Lord, who believed what we told them? So faith comes from hearing the good news, and people hear the good news when someone tells them about Christ. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I I think I asked David to read, but oh. I, I'm so happy to have you read, Gene. <laughs> uh, uh. Right, David, get ready. I'll have you read the next one here. Or David or Cindy, doesn't matter. But here it says that it's wonderful to see people coming to tell the good news. But not all people accept that good news. The Bible warns us that there are some people who are hard of heart and they will not listen. So faith comes from hearing, but we must, some people have never heard. So we must go and tell them this good news that you don't have to just grow old and die and turn to dust, but that there is eternal life. There is a spiritual dimension and the resurrection of Jesus was proof and guarantee that there is a resurrection. Julian, why don't you finish off with the last scripture for the sermon? Then I saw another angel flying high in the air. The angel had had the eternal good good news to announce to the people living on earth, to every nation, tribe, um, language, and race of pe people. Hey, yes, uh, the Apostle John. Uh, on the island of Patmos, in exile for preaching the gospel. So I had a vision, so he saw three angels, and the third angel, he saw in a vision, 
the good news to announce to the people living on earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and race of people before the end of the world. We don't know when that will be, but we are approaching that time. So we must be prepared. And this is the eternal good news. This is wonderful news. But we must not live like, oh, he's going to come tomorrow. Therefore, we're not going to do any earthly good. We must continue to live everyday life as everyday life with the hopes and always be prepared in our hearts and our minds for when the Lord does return. So in order for us to be a missional church, and that concludes the PowerPoint here, I'm going to turn things over to uh, Chen in just a moment here. We, we ask that you be with us. We need your support. We need your prayers. Uh, we need your suggestions. One thing I really appreciate Brian doing is that I, he's mentioned like on three different occasions, he asked, uh, can you send an email to this person, to this doctor, this colleague, this person he knew? And uh, each time I, I did send an invitation, uh, unfortunately none of them ever came, but it, it's wonderful that he would think of encouraging. Don't stop, none of you. Encourage people to come. We're not here to grow in numbers. We're here to save souls and teach people about God and to further greater missionary works, where it be uh, donating more books to Christian causes and Christian school, or donating money to the ship of life, or sending money to a missionary. Uh, who uh, there are other so many pictures that uh, Minho Van sent. Uh, in fact, uh, some I didn't want to show because it, there are pictures he show of people who had some serious health problem, had no arms, and their faces all gnarled, and people laying in bed. He would visit them in villages, and some of it were kind of gruesome, and I didn't. Uh, know how that might come across uh, for shock value and I didn't want people to think I'm putting it for shock value or something like that and something that I just learned this week this has been a very unusual week for me I found out that Min Ho Van was a student of mine 10 years ago uh, I work as an extension adjunct instructor for Nations University and one of my very first students in working with Nations University, a fully accredited distance learning university affiliate with Churches of Christ, was a student from Vietnam named Min Ho Van. And one of the courses he took, I proctored him and mentored him in completing that course. And lo and behold, I, had, I did not know that that was the same person because that was so long ago as now the minister of the Ho Chi Minh City Church of Christ. What a small world it is here. So I want to encourage you to come and participate in our fellowship as well, because we, I do, we get discouraged when people uh, could come, but then they don't come. And I mean, if you have reasons not to come, you're busy, that's one thing that uh, we understand. But we try to accommodate people, but uh, many have fallen by the wayside. So please, stay faithful, stay strong. Encourage us with prayers and any which way possible. Right now, I'm going to...